ESPN Sports Radio 1392.5. Now for something completely different. We're going to bring, bring, bring it all together. Because that's the bottom line. ESPN Radio, 92.5-1300. Bottom line with Brad Taylor. Sports talk from a handicapping perspective. Good morning. Thank you for joining us on this NFL Week 3 Sunday. We really appreciate it. We were preempted yesterday for Ryder Cup Golf. And uh, we wanted to thank those of you who got in touch with us asking, where was the show? And uh, why aren't you on this morning? We didn't know how popular we were until uh, they take us off the air and people complain. It's kind of like anything else in life. You don't know how much you appreciate something until it's gone. I've heard a song about that somewhere. Uh, So we thank you for listening and inquiring about us uh, when we aren't on at our usual times. And if you can't get enough of us on the weekends, don't forget, we are now on weeknights at 7 on a new sports station on the FM dial. I think you can figure that one out. Make sure to check that out during the week. Check your local listings, as they say. But on today's show, it's an NFL Sunday, and that means one thing. Our arch nemesis, dead air Dennis Dillon, from Classic Rock 92.1, joins us to pick the NFL games against the spread. We've been doing pretty well on these picks on the, uh, on our, on the show, but there's a conspiracy theory now among our picks. We agreed on quite a few picks last week, but somehow the picks that were recorded on the website to keep track of this, uh, his were substantially better than mine. Huh. I wonder why that is. I smell a rat. Not the 80s hairband rat either that Dylan plays every day on Classic Rock 92.1, but a rat that has messed with these picks to make me look not as good as Dylan. We will interrogate him on this controversy. One perennial college football playoff team officially eliminated themselves yesterday. The Reds. Oh, why do we even bother? Because we have to. That's why. And of course, an NFL Sunday. It's NFL picks. They're always presented by Jake Cigar Bar, the most profitable segment in Lexington Radio, our Mac Daddy Stogie picks. All this and much, much more coming up today on this week's NFL Sunday edition. Of the bottom line with Brad Taylor. As always, we thank you so much for joining us. But first, the 2008 Georgia Bulldogs football team. Kentucky football sitting at 4-0 this morning. 3-1 against the spread. Congratulations to all those who invested in their favorite team last night as Kentucky won 16-10. What I thought was a very big game last night for this team. Of course, All the SEC teams or games are big games at this point. But the Big Blue Nation gamblers had to be thrilled last night getting that cover, especially when a lot of the late money, the sharp money as you might say, came in on this game on South Carolina. This game ended with a line of four and a half most places, but there are a lot of fours and even I saw some three and a halves in some faraway places if you know what I mean. This market was very fluid yesterday up to game time, but all the Big Blue Nation backers got their cover, winning by six. So congrats to Kentucky football. They're 4-0. Everybody is thrilled here in Lexington. Everybody is thrilled here in the Big Blue Nation, and they should be. 
Clemson is two and two. Kentucky is four and zero. Oh. Good times, but things are about to change. A great man in Atlanta always told me that life was about two things: relationships and expectations. He was a brilliant man. He was a great man, and he was a hundred percent right. Life is about relationships. What do we have at the end of our lives? Do we remember the tickets we cashed in the desert? Do we remember the games we won? Do we remember working overtime at our jobs? Do we remember slaving away at our craft? Do we remember things we accomplished? Maybe we do. Maybe we don't. But do you really know what we remember at the end? The relationships we have with people. That's what we take with us. Whether they be friends family, relationships, that's what we have at the end. They're very important. and We all need friends in life. Even if we don't have family, we all need friends. Relationships are the most important things we have in this world. But like relationships, expectations are also important. In 2008, on the heels of an 11-2 season, a Rose Bowl win and a final number two ranking, Georgia football entered in 2008 as the number one team in the country. And for the first and to this day only time in program history, they were ranked number one in the AP preseason poll. And that 2008 Georgia Bulldogs football team had expectations through the roof because they had star players, including guys who were still in the NFL 13 years later. Their quarterback was Matthew Stafford. Their star receiver. A.J. Green. You've heard of those guys. Both those guys were drafted in the top four of the NFL draft. You don't see that very often. A receiver and a quarterback, both going in the top four on the same team. Their running back was no Sean Moreno. He was drafted 12th in the next year's NFL draft. And going into that 2008 season, the desert proclaimed him the favorite to win the Heisman Trophy. And in fact, 26 players on that 2008 roster for Georgia, wound up playing in the NFL. That's an incredible number. It really is. But this 2008 Georgia football team isn't held up in the highest of regards down in Athens or the state of Georgia. In fact, this team is considered one of the biggest disappointments in school history. Now, how can that be? They were ranked number one in the preseason. Well, that's the reason. They were ranked number one in the preseason. And in the SEC, in places not called Vanderbilt or Kentucky, historically, when you're ranked number one at any point in the season, falling short of a national championship is a disappointment. So Georgia was all in that year. But it was undefeated season or bust. And from day one of that season, people were already saying this team was a disappointment. Georgia won the first three games that season. And in fact, Georgia covered the point spread in those first three games. So here was Georgia, preseason number one in the AP poll, sitting at 3-0 straight up, 3-0 against the spread. So how was it that this team had fallen in the ratings from number one to number three? What more did this team have to do to keep their fans and the media on their side? They were undefeated and actually surpassing expectations in the desert. 
That wasn't good enough. Welcome to life in the SEC. And welcome to a world where life is all about expectations. What happened to this Georgia football team in 2008? In game number four that season, Nick Saban happened. Georgia was sitting 3-0 straight up, 3-0 against the spread, and they were playing a home game in Athens against Alabama. And Georgia was a a 6.5-point favorite in that game against Nick Saban. Think about that. Georgia, a a 6.5-point favorite over Nick Saban and Alabama. Yeah, it was 2008. That Alabama team at the time was ranked number 24. Think about an Alabama team ranked 24th today. It doesn't happen. You can't even dream of it. So that was an easy game for Georgia, right? Uh Uh-huh. What do you think happened? You're right. Nick Saban happened. Nick Saban in Alabama went to Georgia, beat them 41-30 in Athens, and it really wasn't even that close because the score at halftime was 31 to nothing. And just like that, the Georgia season was over. What do you mean it's over? They only lost one game because it didn't end in an undefeated national championship season, which was what Georgia fans expected. Just like what happened in 1980 with Herschel Walker. And nothing short of an undefeated season and winning it all would ever compare to that 1980 season over 40 years ago now. This might have been the day when Alabama defeated Georgia. That was probably the day that the the Saban dynasty in Alabama actually came to fruition. And Georgia went on to lose three games that year, including losing a game three weeks later to Florida, 49-10. But don't be alarmed by that. Florida always beat Georgia back then. It wasn't even funny. They'd go down to Jacksonville every year, no matter how good both teams were, and Florida would kill them, no matter who was playing. This team, this Georgia team in 2008, finished 10-3. But they were a huge disappointment. So what was the fallout from being such a disappointment? Because they dared lose three games. That Heisman uh, candidate, the Heisman favorite, Sean Moreno, he declared for the NFL draft, Seconds after the bowl game where he could. That wide receiver, A.J. Green, who's still in the league today, he stuck around until the very first moment he could turn pro. And he was gone. But that quarterback, Matthew Stafford, number one overall pick in the NFL draft, still playing today. He actually wanted to go back to Georgia for his senior season. He was the southern version of Matt Leinart at USC. Living the best life. A girlfriend that people were sending around pictures of, even before social media became what it is today. And basically, he was taking a basket weaving class just to stay eligible because he had already graduated. But his coach, Mark Richt, basically told him to go pro and basically kicked him out. It wasn't like Kentucky basketball when John Calipari tells his surefire first-round draft picks to go pro and leave his program. Mark Richt truly wanted to move on from Matthew Stafford and go with a new quarterback the next season. The new quarterback was just a guy who nobody knew or would ever know. But he didn't want him anymore. And the fan base was tired of Stafford's act too. Although Stafford went on to become the number one pick of the entire NFL draft, Georgia fans were just fine with him leaving Athens 
Why? He didn't live up to expectations. That same 2008 season, Kentucky football finished 6-6 in the regular season, made a bowl game, won the bowl game against East Carolina, and finished 7-6. The Big Blue Nation was thrilled with that. Georgia went 10-3 and and was miserable, kicking their quarterback out of town. Kentucky went 7-6, and and they were thrilled to death. Life is about expectations. Equate that to this year's version of Kentucky football. And like we said, the fan base should be very happy today. They won a road game in the SEC, not called Vandy. That's saying something, regardless of the opponent, as long as they're not named Vanderbilt. But to this point, Kentucky is doing what they're supposed to do. And it looks like somebody's got a case of the supposedas, as they used to say. Kentucky football has been favored in all four games this year. They've won all four. So it's not like they're pulling off these huge first round of the NCAA tournament type upsets that people will be talking about for years. If Kentucky was 3-1 and one right now, they'd be considered a disappointment by our friends in the desert who have had them favored every game. But as Bob Dylan said, the times... They are a-changing. With the flipping of the calendar to October, the schedule ramps up big time. The next three weeks, home versus Florida, home versus LSU, at Georgia. Kentucky will not be favored in any of those games. And after those three games, the Big Blue Nation has been sleeping on all year is a game against Mississippi State on the road. And Kentucky will be an underdog in that game, too. So the Big Blue Nation this morning will probably make these grandiose claims that Kentucky football should be 6-2 or 7-1 after they get through this next four-game stretch in October. But let's be honest. If they're 5-3, you probably should be happy because the desert is telling us they're going to be 4-4. But life is about two things relationships, and expectations. When the college football lines come out later today, watch the Big Blue Nation pile on Kentucky as a home underdog to Florida next week. And watch this line go down and sink towards Kentucky, as it has every week this year when the line comes out. But Florida is a better team than Kentucky. When Kentucky covers the spread, whether or not they do it, it's apples and oranges compared to the fact that it will be the first time all season when the Cats aren't supposed to win. So while the desert tells us Kentucky football is headed for a steep downhill slide in October, the Big Blue Nation now has unrealistic expectations after a great start, totally forgetting that they were supposed to win all four of these games anyway. And When a fan base gets unrealistic expectations, that's when the disappointments like the 2008 Georgia football team happens. And that's the bottom line. ESPN Radio 92.5 and 1300. The bottom line with Brad Taylor. Sports talk from a handicapping perspective. Oh, we've got breaking news. The Reds are still playing baseball. And they are still in the playoff race. Yes, they are. Despite what you heard for the last few days, the Reds are still in the playoff race. With eight days remaining in this season... The Reds and Cardinals both have seven games left, and the Reds are only six games out of the wild card berth. 
Uh-huh. So the magic number for the Reds to be eliminated is now three. Any combination of Reds losses or Cardinal wins in the next eight days, adding up to three, will send the Reds home after next Sunday's game for the winter. A shocking turnaround from about a month ago when the Reds were totally in control of making the playoffs and the Cardinals weren't even in the conversation for anything. It's amazing what a Reds choke job and a 15-game Cardinals winning streak will do. But what are the Reds fans worried about anyway? Manager David Bell just received a contract extension this week during this choke job. So if you're the Cardinals organization and you hear about David Bell getting a contract extension, what's your reaction if you're the Cardinals? (laughs) Probably a celebration. Hey, at least we know we'll have a better manager than the Reds for the next couple of years. Terrible timing. Yeah. It's like asking uh, it's like asking someone, excuse me, Mrs. Lincoln, other than the shooting, how did you enjoy to play? Google some history, kids. And those Reds last night, they're on fire. Nick Castellanos, a walk-off home run. Great. Enjoy it this week, Reds fans. This will be the final week you'll see Castellanos in a Reds uniform. So get your cards and memorabilia signed as soon as possible. Because he's not going to be around much longer. So we're contractually obligated to talk about the Reds as long as they're mathematically eligible for the playoffs. It's like still being mathematically eligible that I will win the lottery for $500 million too because that ain't happening either. But today, a great American ballpark, Nationals and Reds in a game that will be seen by dozens of people, I'm sure. Reds at minus 175 in this one. Josh Rogers for the Nationals, 2-0, 2.16. Tyler Malley for the Reds, 12-6, 3.66 ERA. Home and road splits are terrible today for Tyler Malley. On the road this year, we talk about this a lot. On the road this year, Tyler Malley has been uh, great. 8-2 with a 1.85 ERA. That's Cy Young worthy. At home, he's 4-4 four four with a 6.10 ERA. That's AAA worthy. But Malley did face Washington earlier this year and went five and a third innings, allowing zero runs, getting a win. But Tyler Malley has pitched at home 14 times this year. And along with that six-plus ERA, he's seven and seven in those games. The Reds are when he pitches at home. And the Reds were favored in all 14 of those games. That's how you lose money in the desert, going seven and seven when the desert says, you're supposed to win all four of the all 14 of those games. Reds minus 175 today. They used up their entire bullpen yesterday, but they, then again, so did the Nationals. It was an extra inning game. The values on the Nationals today, how hard will the Reds be pitching? How hard will the Reds be trying? We don't really know because it's the Reds. And right now, they've gotten a roll of stamps and mailed it in. But it, hey, it is a money-making opportunity. Any professional baseball game that's being played this week, you can still make money off of it. Just like this, it's just as important as the Super Bowl. You can make just as money off the games this week in Major League Baseball than you can off the the NFL playoffs. So a win is a win. Still, the value's with the Nationals today because I can't put the Reds as a favorite. I can't invest anything in them at this point, and that's the bottom line. ESPN Radio ninety two point five and thirteen hundred. Bottom line with Brad Taylor, Sports Talk from a Handicapping Perspective. Coming up after the break, what happened yesterday in college football? What happened yesterday? 
We're going to tell you a few things from a Las Vegas perspective. That's coming up next right here on ESPN Radio 92.5 and 1300. ESPN Radio 92.5, 1300. Bottom line with Brad Taylor, sports talk from a handicapping perspective. One of the greatest videos of all time right here. But now, we cannot walk this way because it's time for the most profitable segment in Lexington Radio. Our Mac Daddy Stogie Picks presented by Jake Cigar Bar. How do we celebrate cashing tickets to the desert? With a Mac Daddy Stogie from Jake's Cigar Bar at Brandon Crossing. As they say at Jake's, smoke local, drink local, and cross the line with us. Check them out online, jakescigarbar.com. And tell our friends Jake and Autumn that the bottom line set you. That's jakescigarbar.com. Before we get to a little bit of college football, the Cardinals won again. That's their 15th straight uh, win yesterday. They were only a minus 145 yesterday against the Cubs, who have quit. Of course, unless they play the Reds when they dominate the Reds. But the Cardinals were underdogs four times this week, and they're on a 15-game winning streak. So if you haven't been cashing tickets on the Cardinals, if you listen to our nighttime show uh, at 7 o'clock on a, an FM Zone channel, if you know what I'm saying, um, yeah, if you ha- we were on the Cardinals three times this week. I, I don't understand why they were an underdog four times this week. Neither here nor there. By the way, a great time to take underdogs. Last night, the Dodgers lost as uh, plus 220. The Diamondbacks defeated them as plus 220. By the way, if you're playing unders in Major League Baseball, uh, you're ahead for the year 1,100 to 1,093. You're seven games over 500, 50.2%. Congratulations. Why don't you just flip coins if you're going to take all the unders all year? College football yesterday. I was struggling to stay up to... uh, Look at some of these results. But it, everything I watched last night just reminds me that parity now exists in college football just as much as it does in NFL. So I'm almost to the mentality of going dog or pass in some of these college football games now. Oregon State defeated USC as a 10.5-point underdog last night. They won by 18 as a 10-point dog. Uh, number three, Oregon. They were a 30-point dog and barely beat Arizona. But early in the day yesterday, Notre Dame was a six-and-a-half-point dog against Wisconsin and blew them out of the water in the fourth quarter. I thought Wisconsin had a great chance at that one. And another one, Arkansas was a four-and-a-half-point dog against Texas A&M, and they upset the Aggies. Well, I thought that quarterback for A&M was just as good as the backup. Ah, We were wrong on that one. And Clemson is officially out of the college football playoff because no team in the history of this college football playoff with two losses has ever made it, regardless of circumstance. Clemson can win the rest of their games by 50, but they're not going to make the playoff now as they lost as a double-digit favorite to North Carolina State. And last night down in the ATL, Georgia Tech, 14.5-point dog. They beat North Carolina 45-22. to That's what happens Saturday night down in Atlanta when you're not uh, at the clubs down in Buckhead, if you know what I'm saying. Another one, Iowa State lost to Baylor. So many underdogs covering, not just they're covering, but they're winning these games outright. I think we're literally getting to a point, it's dogs are past. Don't take favorites anymore in college football. We're going to have some numbers later this week uh, on how well the dogs are doing so far in college football. I can promise you right now, they're doing very well, especially if you played them yesterday. But the Mac Daddy Stogie picks, we're going to save those for after the break when we talk to our good friend, Dennis Stillen. Dead Air Dennis from Classic Rock 92.1. We've got some bones to pick with him, and we're going to pick all the NFL games against the spread here on an NFL Week 3 Sunday. That's next right here on ESPN Radio 92.5 and 
at 1300. ESPN Radio, 92.5, 1300. Bottom line with Brad Taylor, sports talk from a handicapping perspective. You've been waiting all week for it. It's our NFL Pick'em segment with Dead Air Dennis Dillon of Classic Rock 92.1. We'd like to thank our wonderful sponsors before we get started. The aforementioned Jake Cigar Bar, IPM Pest and Termite. A friend in need is not a friend in need. A friend in need is a pest. Check them out at myipm.com. And our friends at Jimmy's Kentucky Roadshow Shop. You want to know how great these guys are? Uh, their roadshow shop was broken into this week, and in response, they had a giveaway of stuff, free stuff. You won't find better people than Jimmy, David, Trey, and the guys out there. Jimmy's Kentucky Roadshow Shop. Check them out. KentuckyRoadshowShop.com. And speaking of guys who give it away for free, that brings us to our next guest. You can hear him every weekday afternoon on Classic Rock 92.1, where he plays everyone not named Air Supply and Ambrosia, but he's on fire with his NFL picks, which you can hear and you can see on the ESPN.com website by searching for Brad Taylor's bottom line picks. He's dead air Dennis Dillon. Dennis, how are you doing this morning, buddy? Are you there, buddy? Yes, there you are. I don't know what happened, but uh, here you are, and yeah. I appreciate it very much. We had some technical difficulties, apparently. Okay, how are you uh, doing, bud? Live radio, it's the best, man. You Is know, it? Yes. Many, and, you know, and then you get to listen to the the DJs scramble, and they don't know what to do, and they're pressing buttons, and everything goes haywire and sideways, and it's so much fun, right? I mean, you don't get that at some of those stations that just pipe their music in from Seattle or Newark, New Jersey. You get live and local radio, man. I was just going to talk about that because we were at Oktoberfest yesterday all day and getting up and making stage announcements and on the radio. It's just so much fun, and I love that you do this show, man. So props to you and and also the, the great sponsors you have, like Jake's Cigar Bar and Tony's and, you know, I mean, it's just Fantastic stuff, man. I still love it. I've been doing this for 35 years or something like that, and I still love it so much. It's so much, you know, every day, exciting, new, different. I know what you're trying to do. I know what you're like going to Arby's. Well, there you go. (laughs) I know what you're trying to do, though. You're trying to deflate the fact that there's a conspiracy going on (laughs) with our NFL picks. You've heard of Spygate, Deflategate, Michael Jordan retiring uh, because he was gambling, the uh, NFL draft lottery with the frozen envelope and Patrick Ewing. Cal Ripken yeah. uh, finding Kevin Costner and beating him up, and then the Orioles had to cancel a game to save his consecutive game streak. All kinds of conspiracies, but there's a new one in the sports world. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. the picks on our little website, uh, we agreed on a lot of picks last week, but apparently a lot of mine were uh, not the same things that I said on the radio. Now, can you honestly say under oath that you had nothing to do with this huge controversy in the sports gambling world, Dead Air Dennis Dillon? You were hacked by the Russians, man. Uh huh. There's a rat in the. There's a rat going on around here, and I'm not talking about round and round rat. I'm talking about with two T's. I'm talking about a rat named Dennis Dillon. We are going to uh, change our passwords and make sure that we are not hacked again this year or this week. I uh, look. You can you can point the finger all you want, Brad Taylor, but the bottom line is going down all the way to the bottom. What's the, what's the standings right now? Am I? I mean, well, after. You are two weeks, I'm already up four games. Yeah, yeah, because my picks were changed. We, I've got the, I've got the tape that we picked the, where we picked the games and what was on the website. We're going to have to have that. There's an asterisk by that last week, so we will be filing a protest with the league office on this one. But we've got it. We're wasting too much time now with silliness. Let's get to these games. Arizona and Jacksonville. As you laugh hysterically, you know what the problem is. We've got Jacksonville, a seven and a half point dog. Kyler Murray against Trevor Lawrence in this one. 
Seven and a half points in this one, uh, Dead Air Dennis. Who you like in this one? Well, you know, Arizona's defense uh, gave up 33 points last week, and Jacksonville starts uh, has, has shown a little bit of life from time to time. So, you know, I think this is just one of those suspicious, tricky games where you, you, you really should take the home team and the points. So uh, as unlikely as it seems, I think I'm going to take Jacksonville. Mac Daddy Stogie, we love teams that stink. Give us your tired, your poor, your weak. Give us Jacksonville. Nobody in their right mind would take Jacksonville this week because who was going to take Trevor Lawrence? If you're Jacksonville and if you can't stop some of these other guys, that they, the Teddy Bridgewaters of the world, how are you going to stop Kyler Murray? Uh-huh. We love to be on the opposite side. We'll agree. We'll take Jacksonville. That's a Mac Daddy Stogie type pick right there. Let's go to Indianapolis in Tennessee. Carson Wentz announces a starter for Indy. Ryan Tannehill is the starter for Tennessee. Uh, 57% of the money in this one on Tennessee, who sits right now at a five-point favorite, Dead Air Dennis. Carson Wentz might start the game, but who's going to finish the game? Is it going to be Brent Hudley? Is it going to be Jacob Easton? I mean, come on. I, uh, I'm leaning towards the desperate Colts in this game. I really don't have a pick on it yet, although I'm going to make it right now. Shoot. Wow. It's, what, what's the number? Tennessee minus five. And five. This number's up to five right now. Oh, oh, God. Okay. You know what? Give me the Colts plus five and a half. I can't believe I'm saying it. Back Daddy Stogie, another one. We'll take the dog and agree again. We feel a lot very confident in this one. Carson Wentz, doesn't matter who's quarterbacking for the Colts. It could be Johnny Unitas for all we care. Yeah, we'll take the Colts today, getting those points, because we love these September unpopular divisional dogs. You get these early season divisional underdogs like this one is, you hit 62% of the time in the month of September. We'll take the Colts in a Mac Daddy Stogie game. Here's another one. Baltimore travels to Detroit. Lamar Jackson versus Jared Goff. Of course, the public, they're barely on Baltimore in this one, though. About 58% of the public is on Baltimore over Detroit. Line in this one right now, you can find some sevens out there, but mostly seven and a halves. Who you got, Dinner Dennis? You know, um, again, I hate to sound like uh, an idiot, but I'm taking the point. You know, Baltimore finally got the monkey off their back last week when they beat Kansas City. They finally beat um, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Lamar Jackson's been on cloud nine all week, and this could be just a little bit of an emotional letdown game. And and Detroit has uh, they have been in every game, but they fought pretty hard. So let's give the home team and the points. I'll take Detroit. Wrong again, Dead Air Dennis. A Mac Daddy Stogie. We're going to take the Ravens laying those points. We don't like taking many favorites. You don't either. I've learned this over the last few weeks. How much does Baltimore have left in the tank right here after these two wire-to-wire games in prime time? But they did outscore Kansas City 12 to nothing in that fourth quarter last week. And Harbaugh's going to be aggressive in these games. He's proven that. Lions, short week from them. We've got uh, average against the spread teams against each other. Give us Baltimore here. Ray, the Ravens are going to win this one big. Mac Daddy Stogie. Let's go Washington and Buffalo. We've got uh, Tyler Henneke versus Josh Allen in this one. Public all over Buffalo here. Line is seven to Buffalo. Dead Air Dennis. I'm trying to find my pick on that one. Where is it? Um, I'm scrolling through the site here. Where is that game? Oh, okay. tell it. Okay. Oh, so I'm getting Washington plus how many points? It's right now in the desert. It's seven. I don't know what it is on... Your little website there, but it's seven. We're uh, talking about Las Vegas right now. Yeah, okay. Well, you know what? I um, 
Washington's defense is ready for a turnaround. They're ready to start playing well. They have to start playing well. Chase Young hasn't shown up yet this year. He shows up today. That defense on Buffalo is outstanding as well, better than expected. And um, I think you're looking at a game that might go under, and I'll take the points with Washington. I like your thinking on the under in that one. I think this is going to be a defensive game. We've seen the line start. The line started at 9.5 this week. Now it's down to 7. So the public is already swaying on Washington. Yeah, Washington also has a rest advantage. They played a week ago Thursday, and the Bills played last Sunday. Yeah, slight lean to Washington. Not Mac Daddy Stogie worthy, but a slight lean in this one. Let's go to uh, New England. New Orleans and New England. Jameis Winston. Who is the real Jameis Winston? Week 1 version or Week 2 version? Against Mac Jones. Public all over New England here. But the line is only minus 3 to New England. Dennis Dillon. It's kind of a coach's battle, isn't it? I mean, you got Sean Payton, you got Bill Belichick, a couple of classics. And, um, you know, I don't think the Saints are nearly as good as they were in week one. I don't think they're as bad as they were last week. The Saints, are, they're going to put it up there and they're going to try to get something going. But Bill Belichick always takes it away. And, you know, the number one, number two, uh, he looks for those weaknesses, and they will be going after Jameis Winston today to make him nervous. Jameis will be a little bit smarter this week, but I think. Bill Belichick wins out, so give me the Patriots. We will disagree on this one. Give me a slight lean to the Saints here, mainly because Sean Payton. You're going to give me uh, Sean Payton in three points? I'll take that. Give us uh, give us the Saints going up to New England. Not Mac Daddy Stogie worthy. A slight lean to the Saints, if you know what I mean. Here's a big one. The Chargers and the Chiefs from Kansas City. Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes. Public, of course, as always, all over Kansas City. Line in this one, a lot of six-and-a-halves, but there's mostly sevens out there in favor of Kansas City, Dennis. Well, go find the seven and bet that because I'll take uh, the San Diego Chargers. They always play Kansas City well. They uh, beat them last year, of course. I don't think Patrick Mahomes was in that game. Um, but San Diego, uh, uh, Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Chargers, always, um, they always play Kansas City well, just like uh, Las Vegas does. So, you know, give me the points. Yeah, the most overvalued team for the last couple of years now has been the Chiefs. Last 13 games, the Chiefs are 1-11-1 against the spread, going back to last year. And the Chargers have played in 25 games that have been decided by a touchdown or less in the last three seasons, including last week's against Dallas. They split more of the same today. We're going to lean to the Chargers here today. Giants are taking on Atlanta today. Uh, that's Ryan Matt Ryan against... Uh, yeah, exactly. It's uh, Danny Dimes, Danny Jones in this one. In New York, Giants a three-point favorite, but a lot of the money is on the Falcons in this one, Dennis. <laughs> oh, boy, what a what a clash. Uh, so Matt Ryan throws two pick sixes last week. Matt Ryan does not look anywhere near like the Matt Ryan of old. When Corderell Patterson is your running back, yes. I don't think that, that, yes. that, doesn't, that doesn't bode well when Corderell Patterson is your running back. <laughs> I uh, I think Saquon Barkley is this week's Derrick Henry, so give me the Giants. Disagree, and a Mac Daddy Stogie. Give us your tired, your poor, your weak. Nobody's taking Atlanta in this one. And over the past decade, when you see two teams that are 0-2, the dog wins 63% of the time in week three against the spread. And Atlanta just got blown out of the water the first two weeks. They always hit. If you're blown out by more than 20 last week, you hit 54% the next week in the last 15 years. And the short road dogs this year, 9-1 and one against the spread. 
so far this year, six or less. We love the Falcons today. 0-2. Not many people are going to tell you they love the Falcons. That's a Mac Daddy Stogie right there, dead air, Dennis. Let's go to and when the bottom line. And when the bottom line tells you that they love the Atlanta Falcons, <laughs> you ought to take double. You better those. run to the windows with fists full of hundreds. I, you got that right, Dylan. Let's go to Cleveland. Josh Fields, your, your quarterback, Justin Fields, excuse me, your quarterback for uh, Chicago today against Baker Mayfield. Of course, the public all over Cleveland knowing that information. And uh, the line in this one, seven and a half for the Browns, Dennis. Yeah, the line was originally like nine and a half, and then they announced Justin Fields as a starter, and it goes down to seven and a half. Andy Dalton outplayed Justin Fields last week. Justin Fields is in a tough spot. He's on the road. He's a rookie. He's going to start this game. He's going to be in Cleveland. The dog pound is going to be loud. The Browns are going to crush him today. I feel like Chicago is a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a uh, no one say has been, but I think Chicago's in for it today. Boy, they I hate this one. Didn't look good against the Bengals last Right, night. you're right, uh, but I hate this game. But if you're going to give me seven and a hook, I'll take that hook. Give me, uh, give me Chicago, just to just because I just want to be different than you in this one. Not a Mac Daddy Stogie worthy game, of course. Let's go to the four o'clock games. The Miami Dolphins head to Las Vegas. Jacoby Brissett, now your starter for the Dolphins. Derek Carr for the Raiders. Of course, the public all over the Raiders here. Line is three and a half in the desert to the Raiders. Dennis. The Raiders are uh, outplaying a lot of people right now. They they beat two AFC North teams. I mean, they've beaten uh, uh, Cleveland, no, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh already this year. Derek Carr looks like a most valuable player candidate, and all of a sudden you're wondering, who is this team? Uh, but the line looks suspicious. I think I'm going to take, uh, you know what, just give me Las Vegas. I'm giving up points in this one. Give me Las Vegas. I'm going to take the Dolphins. I'm going to guess you. This is the type of game that Gruden and the guys out there, they struggle with. And when they're playing, we talked about expectations earlier in the show. Now they're 2-0. and Now they're a favorite. Eh, we'll take Miami that nobody likes this week. We'll take Miami getting three and a half in this one. Let's go to Denver and the Jets. Our boy Teddy Bridgewater, public all over him now. I guess the Jets and Zach Wilson. Line in this one, double-digit line, 10 and a half for the Broncos, Dennis. Wow, I mean... <laughs> Don't even know where to start with this. Ten and a half for Bridgewater and the, and the Denver Broncos. They haven't shown much offense. They didn't really play offensively that great against Jacksonville last week. I mean, ten and a half points is a lot, and I don't care if you are playing uh, the New York Jets. The Jets don't have much of a clue right now. They're still trying to put it together. Zach Wilson on the road. I mean, he threw how many picks last week? Four, five? Bunch. Uh, mile High Stadium on the road. I'm going to I don't like this at all, but I'm taking Denver minus all of those points. Oh, this is ugly, but it's a Mac Daddy Stogie. Give us the Jets getting those double-digit points. We love the Jets today. We love taking the 0-2s against the 2-0s, and Teddy Bridgewater is a cashing machine, but he's never been a 10-and-a-half-point favorite before. He's always an underdog. He's always, Now he's the hunter instead of the huntee. Yeah, give us the Jets with a little backdoor cover action. Let's take the Jets today. Seattle. In Minnesota, we got Russell Wilson and Kirk Cousins. Public all over Seattle in this one. And now the line has been moving. Seattle now a two-and-a-half-point favorite in this one, Dennis. Is this Minnesota's home opener? Yes. That's crazy, right? I mean, Minnesota has been um, has really taken it uh, this year. They could be 2-0. Instead, they're 0-2, and they're desperate for a win. However, 
I don't think Russell Wilson has ever been beaten by Minnesota. I think he's always beaten the Vikings, and I think that's seven games. So uh, I'm taking Seattle reluctantly because I think Minnesota is a desperate team, but give me Seattle. We're going to Riverside, Jay. We're going to take Minnesota today. Uh, we still like Zimmer, the coach. First home game, like you said, and it's tough seeing the Vikings starting out 0-3. They're basically playing for their lives today, their playoff lives, if you could say that in week three. We'll take, we'll go against the public, and we'll take uh, Minnesota today. Let's go to uh, tonight's game. Green Bay, San Francisco, one I like quite a bit. Public a little bit in favor of San Francisco. Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Garoppolo. Niners, three-point favorite in this one. I keep going back to that um, playoff game. Mm-hmm. It was that two years ago when San Francisco just manhandled Green Bay. Every once in a while, Green Bay just throws up a dog, as we've seen earlier in this season. I um, I like the point. I think Aaron Rodgers is focused. Wasn't he snubbed in the draft by San Francisco? I think he feels like he might have a little something. You know, that chip on his shoulder just keeps getting bigger and bigger. I'll, uh, I'll take Green Bay in the points. Mac Daddy Stogie, give us the Packers getting three. Uh, they were getting three and a half earlier this week. Now they're down to three. Yeah, uh, when Aaron Rodgers comes out and has his little soliloquy like he did this Monday night after that game, it tells people to relax. And then the Niners, back-to-back road wins, but they don't have a running game right now. They're all hurt. Yeah, we'll take uh, we'll take Green Bay getting those points today. I skipped one by accident. Tampa Bay and the Rams. Tom Brady versus Matthew Stafford. Of course, the public all over the uh, the Bucks in this one. Fifty nine percent of the money on the Bucks, and we see that Brady and the Bucks only a one point favorite in this one. Dennis, uh, what's the stat I read on this? I think Tampa. I think Tampa Bay has scored more than thirty points in nine straight games. Now I think the record is yep. twelve, maybe. So I mean that's a lot of points. You know, take the over and have fun with it. Tampa Bay does not have a running team to speak of, but. That's not their M.O. this year, and nobody seems to have figured it out yet. They won't have Antonio Brown today. He's out with COVID. The um, The Rams have only thrown 59 passes in the first two games of this season. That's the lowest number. So the Rams are going to have to throw the ball a lot in this game. They're going to be without their running back. Daryl Henderson is going to be a shootout through the air. And, uh, and I think the Rams' defense has only forced three punts in these first two games. So... I, uh, I'm going to take Tampa Bay. I just have a hard time going against them at this point. We're with you on this one. Uh, Rams started out a point-and-a-half po- uh, favorite in this one, but now the Sharps have come in, and now Tampa is the favorite. Yeah, we'll take Tampa to win this one, and we're with you on that over, too. I think there will be a lot of points scored in this one, as you mentioned before. Let's go to the Monday night game. Philly and Dallas, Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott, and the money split right down the middle out in the desert. Cowboys right now, three-and-a-half-point favorite. Nobody saw the Dallas defense is going to be good this year, but they've not only been good, they've been semi-great. Um, my, my lean is on Dallas in this game, but I want Philadelphia to win. It's a divisional game. Um, you know, I, I think my lean is with Dallas, home team. Jalen Hurts hasn't proven it just yet, so give me Dak Prescott, who always seems to find a way to make the games tight. I think we're going to take the uh, the Eagles in this one. Maybe sprinkle a little uh, money on that money line in this one. We'll take the Eagles on Monday night, basically because they're the dog in this one. And let's just face it, who are the Eagles? Are they the team that blew it against the Niners last week or blew out Atlanta in week one? We don't really know yet, but I do know Jalen Hurts has been one of the top three quarterbacks in the league so far if you look at the analytics. 
But let's go to the hometown Bengals at a game you can hear today at 1 o'clock on Classic Rock 92.1. Bengals and Steelers. Joe Burrow versus Ben Roethlisberger. Steelers still sitting strong at a three-point favorite, but the public is on the Bengals in this one. <laughs> How things have changed, right? Yes. I, uh, I'm still concerned about Joe Burrow. I uh, they just got they just have to protect this kid. He um, he's the face of the franchise, and yet they still are allowing too many people to hit him. That being said, DJ Watt is out of the game today, and that's a big plus for Cincinnati. Plus, Big Ben, of course, is injured. He's the Carson Wentz of the AFC North. Uh, you know, I'm taking the Bengals and the points in this game. I just, you know, Cincinnati could be 2-0 and right now. They uh, they finally got it together late last week against Chicago. They uh, they fooled around a little bit too long, and they could have won that game, but uh, they didn't. Uh, but I think that they've, um, and listen, the Bengals do not fare well in Heinz Field, but I'm taking them today anyway. Call me a fool. I'm going to take uh, the Steelers today, but uh, I really like the under. If you can play the under in this one, this is going to be under that 43 total. Uh, I really like it. Both teams' defenses uh, are going to be uh, on display here today, especially uh, if the Bengals could get to Ben Roethlisberger. He's played terrible this year. Uh, but we'll go with Pittsburgh and the under in today's game. I'm yeah, I'm with you on that. I think it might be a slog fest. There's going to be a lot of Joe Mixon in this game, and, and the Steelers are going to try to get Najee Harris going too. So here you go. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Dead Air Dennis is on fire. We are too, but according to that website, somehow uh, our picks were changed. We smell a rat. We're going to have to call the league office on this one. Dennis, as always, we thank you so much. Tell us where we can find you uh, every weekday afternoon. Every weekday afternoon on Classic Rock 92.1. You know I'm going to be playing some more Led Zeppelin this week. It's the final week of September, and also we're getting ready for Rocktober with Blocktober. I haven't even made this announcement yet. We're going to do Block Party Weekends uh, all month during Rocktober. And what else? Oh, the Game of Thousands is happening, too. A chance to win a thousand bucks a couple times a day. We're playing. We're pretending like we're Game of Thrones characters. So uh, tune in for that, too. It's always fun. Breaking, 92.1. Breaking news here on the bottom line with Brad Taylor. We appreciate it, as always, Dennis. As always, may the winners be yours today, my friend. They will be. Thank you. Of course. Thank you. That's Dead Air Dennis Dillon of Classic Rock 92.1. Coming up after the break, what did we learn? It's going to be quick, I can promise you that. That's next here on 92.5 and 1300 ESPN Radio here in Lexington, KY. ESPN Radio 92.5, 1300. Bottom line with Brad Taylor, sports talk from a handicapping perspective. We want to thank Dead Air Dennis Dillon of Classic Rock 92.1 for taking time out of his Sunday to pick the games with us. What did we learn on today's show? Well, we learned that the schedule... So the calendar flips to October, and the Big Blue Nation expectations might be a little too high now after a great 4-0 start. We wondered why the Reds are still playing at this point, but they're still mathematically eligible to make the playoffs. Never say never, right? <laughs> and we also learned that Dead Air Dennis cheats very much when he puts his picks or picks, or picks into the website. Uh-huh. Cheats. He cheats. He's, we called him a cheater. It's a conspiracy theory for the ages. Of course, we thank you so much for listening to The Bottom Line with Brad Taylor. As always, you can email us anytime at, excuse me, bottomlinelex at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at bottomlinelex. And until the next time, as always, make sure to tune us in during the week. Weeknights at 7 on uh, the FM Zone station. You know what I'm saying? Until the next time, as always, especially on this NFL Sunday, may the winners be yours.